Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday here on The Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. And this is, um, there's been a lot of talk recently about crossing Rubicons. And just as I have noted over the last couple of days, we've used so much apocalyptic language in our political um, discourse that uh, it almost feels now like it's vamping pro wrestlers vamping before a, a, a huge you know title match at WrestleMania whatever that you know would we actually recognize it when it wasn't vamping but it was real the events of this morning make it very real and the whatever talk of crossing Rubicons was done before may or may not have been premature but today we have most definitely crossed a Rubicon. The board is set. The pieces are in motion. We have come to it at last. What transpired by 10 a.m. Eastern this morning was dizzying. The, the level of either coincidence or coordination from the spirit of the age was either a very impressive set of random acts of conviction or the execution of a nefarious plot. But by 10 a.m. this morning, the ground underneath us shifted tremendously. Things that have been theorized, discussed as potentials, are now realities. We are here, and we're going to spend a good deal of our time on our show today discussing these realities. We've rescheduled a few things. We are going to keep with our scheduled interview of Jesse Kelly about his new book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto, because if anything, that interview is more timely than it even was when we scheduled it a, a couple of weeks ago. But I think this is a time now given the events you are about to see Aaron lay out for us, that we need now to be adults more than ever, to try to see with the widest angle lens we can and understand that what we're up against here is real evil. But it's it's real evil with with real conviction. And it's going to take something more than memes... And quoting polls from media entities that hate us to push back against it. But the first thing we have to do, I think, is, is truly understand now the stakes that we are playing for. Because the board is set. The pieces are in motion. We have come to it at last. As Aaron will lay out for you in his rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the only three items that matter right now. The board is set. 
pieces are moving. First up, Donald Trump went on Fox News last night with Brett Baer. Among the things the pair discussed was Trump's hiring decisions. In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time has ever seen. Your Vice President Mike Pence is running against you. Yeah. Your Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, you're second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milk toast. And multiple times, you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. Trump also discussed his ongoing legal battle with indictment number two and his alleged mishandling of classified documents. Please, please, could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. Because they have no... We they were did talking. ask for it. No. And they said, I gave can you give some, the documents back? And we were talking. And then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And, and but why not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, busy. you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. Uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would Obama say much, much more. Not that I know of. Next, this morning, Judge Aileen Cannon, who is presiding over the federal classified documents case and was a Trump appointee, set an August 14th date for his trial in Florida, a mere nine days before the first GOP primary debate is slated to go down in Milwaukee. The trial is set to last for two weeks, but the judge is allowing Trump's team to request a new trial date. Finally, Hunter Biden is pleading guilty to two tax misdemeanors and has struck a deal with federal prosecutors regarding a felony gun charge that'll keep him out of prison. The board is set. The pieces are moving. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. You can purify the air in your home and get healthy, clean, fresh-smelling air, eliminate odors that kills the mold, mildews, bacteria, even some viruses that are causing that air to not be fresh and healthy and clean in your home. With the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, uh, using its Oxy technology that kills air pollutants, doesn't require any filters whatsoever, so you'll never be changing those out, either out of your own time or out of your own pocket. You can get a pack of three right now. We've gotten so many rave reviews for this product since they came on board last year. See if you might be the next one. Get the three-pack right now for under $200. You'll save $200 when you do. Get the three-pack for under $200 and free shipping. So the three-pack gives you whole home protection, basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, and more. Three-room 
the whole home protection with free shipping from our friends at Eden Pure uh, for under 200 bucks. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, and you must use the discount code Steve, though, for the discount. Discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. All right, coming up in the overtime today, I meant you were going to move some things around, given the gravity and the importance of the moment, which apparently the people working in the office next to me are completely unaware of because uh, this loud renovation uh, is, is going to continue. We will do our best to not fixate on it and focus on you instead, so hopefully you won't be distracted either. Um, but uh, uh, if in the overtime today, we're going to move Pop Culture Tuesday there and discuss what has happened to the Dodgers since May 22nd. Why is May 22nd a key date? Because that is the day that the Dodgers confirmed that they would indeed invite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to the ballpark during Pride Month for a promotion. On that date, the Dodgers had the second best record in the National League. They were in first place in their division. What has happened to them since? We will discuss that later today on the overtime, blazetv.com slash dace. Again, that is blazetv.com slash D-E-A-C-E. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, you can go there and become one for just $10 a month at blazetv.com slash dace. Okay. I want to take you guys back. I want to, you know, first I want to do this. I want to do this first. I, I know that uh, I have my faults. Lack of self-awareness, I hope, is not one of them, you know? But I, I'm human. I, I can't claim that it's not. But I, I strive for it not to be. And, and I am aware, therefore, that, that at times when the conversation we are about to have, and it's more important than ever before that we're having it today, given the events that Aaron just described, I, I know at times the way that I have had this conversation has been challenging. It, it has been frustrating at times. It's been confrontational, maybe harsh. And forgive me, I'm a, I've been a dad for the last 20 years, and so I, I tend to process situations like a dad. I tend to process obstacles, uh, difficulties, challenges the way a dad would. And, you know, when a, when a, when a dad fears that he can see what is coming if those whom he loves continue on the road they're on and make the decisions it looks like they're poised to make and and when and it feels to him like they're not listening like there's no amount of reason that he could present to them that would that would stop them from making a mistake either he's made himself or because he's got a little bit of wisdom maybe he can foresee where he's not maybe as emotionally attached to the boy like she is, okay? Maybe he can see it and she can't, whatever the case may be. Sometimes, you know, as dads, we, we process that by getting increasingly aggressive in order to get your attention. As the tools next door are increasingly aggressive trying to get our attention. Um... During the break, Aaron, we are going yeah. to speak to them. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so then there's that moment, though, when the reality of the fact that, that the culmination of these choices has occurred and the people you care about that you previously tried to reach and were unsuccessful in doing so, 
the fact that you care about them matters more than anything else now. And now it's about helping them get out of the situation that they're in. You know what I'm kind of talking about? Yeah. Now, now it's about, okay, how do we solve this together? How do we fix this? You know? I, you know, I, I, I told my son not to go down a dark alley at night all by himself. All of a sudden, he feels like there's a bunch of guys about to jump him. He calls me on the phone. Do I go on the phone and jump on the phone and, while he's about to get jumped and say, hey, hey, son, didn't I tell you not to go down the alley? Right? That's not the time to probably have that conversation. This is now about the time of, all right, um, time to get in the alley with my kid and, and, and fight alongside of him. I know for some of you, I've become the bad guy recently, even to some of my own friends I have. But I want you to know I, I didn't intend for this. I'm not trying to be. It's because I anticipated a day like today was going to come and it was going to require more than memes and polls from media outlets who hate us to do something about it. In my mind, I'm the warning guy that they never listen to until it's too late. That's at least how I feel. That could be wrong. But you guys, some of you maybe felt like I was being unreasonable. I maybe felt like you guys were being unreachable. I'm, I'm trying to warn you. This isn't a game. And, and, and now they are in the process of metaphorically assassinating a presidential candidate in broad daylight. And... And that's on top of what they've already been doing to our kids and to the rest of our country. And some of you said, I'll never listen again. You're a traitor. I, I, I just anticipated that what we were up against was real evil, folks. And it was going to require a little bit more than a meme. Even though I do like a lot of our memes and I share quite a few of them myself. I'm a big meme guy. But... Memes against mobs, mobs win. So now I want to take you back to the winter of 2020. Except I don't want to go back and, and relitigate COVID from that era. I want to go back and discuss the Democrat presidential nomination process. And we sat here for several weeks amazed that the Democrats were really going to go ahead and nominate Bernie Sanders the way that it was looking. He was the clear favorite. We were thinking, man, could we be so fortunate as to have the Democrats? It's one thing to run communists, as our friend Jesse Kelly will say next hour when we talk to him. It's another thing to run Soviets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What do I mean? What's the difference? A, a, a Soviet is a communist who takes his foot off at the UN, pounds it into the lectern and says, uh, we will bury you. That's what a Soviet is. Right? Communists are a little more, are a little sly, a little more like, did God really say? Okay. Soviets are Bolsheviks. All right. I mean, they're storming the Kremlin. They're, they're here for the fight. They, they want you to know who they are. And we were just sitting here like, wow, are they really going to nominate a Soviet who's a, who happens to also be a millionaire with three homes? Because looking at everything in front of us, it looked as if, Todd, right? That's the path that we were on. We were thinking maybe we will get out of this election where our guy in the White House is making upteen mistakes right now. Maybe fortune favors has smiled on us and we're going to get to run against Bernie Sanders, right? 
There you were thinking mul- that. There were multiple pests that were more likely than Biden. I worked hard to convince you that Buttigieg was more likely, and I got there, man. You eventually did. Yeah, you did. Um, but then. But then there was the weekend before Super Tuesday. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, somewhere within Mordor, Thanos snapped. The call was made. The code red was issued. And the necromancing of Joe Biden's dementia-rattled dead campaign was called upon. And then suddenly, a guy who looked, well, deader than he currently does, as a candidate anyway, suddenly, within the span of five days, by the, that weekend and then Tuesday, was the presumptive Democrat frontrunner and had wiped Bernie Sanders out. The primary was over. Joe Biden was winning states comfortably. He never even visited. Just the call was made. Someone hit the switch. All right, we're done here. What are we doing? Move on. We're not doing the whole Bernie Sanders thing. Come on, man. It feels to me like we've we've watched that again transpire this morning. To quote the great prophet Nefarious, probably just a coincidence. But, But here are the events of the last 14 hours. Donald Trump went on national television and admitted to a crime. Now, again, this is a selective prosecution. These people don't care about the law. They are lawless. They are, they are sons and daughters of the lawless one, the man of lawlessness. They don't care about the law. They have no standing or integrity or morality whatsoever to be Donald Trump's accusers on anything. For they don't have the standing or morality to be anyone's accusers on anything. When they open their mouths, the accuser speaks. Nevertheless, Donald Trump did admit to a crime on national television last night and in the clip that Aaron just played for you. Now, maybe this was always going to happen. Maybe. Possible. But the very next morning, first thing, the judge in the Miami DOJ case sets a trial date of April of August 18th. Remember I told you, by Florida law, they have to set a date initially within 70 days. That's eight weeks after arraignment. Eight weeks when you're on trial for like a hundred years of prison sentences or something, eight weeks. Now it'll probably get continued to some extent. I would be shocked if they started a trial on August 14th, but right now as we're sitting here, that is the date that is nine days before the first GOP primary debate. Will, will Trump be free to even go to that? If that is the trial date, would he have a gag order on him? I'll take questions when I got into this business. I never in a million years thought I would have to actually entertain on my show for $1,000, Alex. But here we are. I would be stunned if a judge who set such an aggressive trial calendar, I mean, Trump's attorneys, I would imagine, are going to want to try to run out the clock here until 2025 in the hopes that he wins the next election. I, I, I have a hard time believing this judge is going to go along with that. Do I think they will have a trial on August 18th? No. Do I think that this is going to be a, they're going to start try having a trial and uh, around the time that he could potentially uh, pardon himself? No. 
I mean, a shot across the bow was fired. And some of you are sending me Andrew McCarthy's legal analysis, which I find ironic because a lot of the same people setting this to me have given up on Andrew McCarthy over the last few years for his legal analysis, as have I. I'm, and I'm not taking Andrew McCarthy's legal analysis seriously on anything for about five years, and I don't hear either. Why? Because it's not legal analysis, guys. And it never was. This is the spirit of the age. This isn't legal analysis. Okay? It's not. It's evil. Five minutes after the judge issued this order, setting the trial date, maybe 10, maybe 10, the Department of Justice announces it as a plea deal with Hunter Biden where he's going to plead guilty to crimes. Which if you wanted any further guarantee that they were going to go after Trump for January 6th and indict him in Washington, D.C., that was it. They have their deflection. Well, we went after Hunter Biden, too. Of course, we're going to scream Burisma. This isn't it. He stays out of jail. All that's going to be true within our ecosystem. I don't think it'll, be, it'll, it'll matter one iota outside of it. At least that's what they're gambling on. We shall see. So let me, let me put this in Lord of the Rings terms. The Eye of Sauron by 10 a.m. Eastern Time this morning had alerted Frodo, right? That's who a lot of people see Trump as, the guy who's here to throw the ring into the fire, to expose the fallacy of the ring of power. Fair? A lot of our people probably see something like that. Okay. So Frodo was told he's got eight weeks to prep for a trial for his life. Saruman was uh, was was uh, was assured he'll never spend a day in prison, and they went ahead and uh, surrounded Gondor. That's the January sixth DC jury gulag, which will gleefully convict Trump for being Donald Trump on a sunny day, of anything. Maybe those events are. A series of unfortunate events, Lemony Snicket. But if they are, that's one hell of a coincidence. Because I've seen and we've seen them move like this before. They're not smarter than us. They just have more conviction than we do. They understand that this is about the acquisition and wielding of power. Some of us actually take pride in being powerless. Some of us want to nominate candidates who cannot win to prove a larger point. Except that point will not be heard because the other side has all the power now. And they're going to castrate even more of your kids. And they're going to determine who replaces Samuel Alito and Justice Thomas while they're at it. Hell, they might just expand the court. And then replace Alito and Thomas just because it's, why not? Our problem has been, and I say this to you guys, as a father speaking to his own children, trying to help them get out of a hole that they dug themselves. Our problem is our lack of conviction.
we want simple solutions. And it's not as simple as voting for Ron DeSantis either. What is Ron DeSantis' plan? Now, I think he's a more stable human being. He has governed with a ruthless efficiency I greatly admire. But the spirit of the age is not going to just say to a President DeSantis, my golly, it's adorable. I love your wife. You guys are a true partnership. And just, man, you guys make some just wonderful kids. And that resume, I'm just so intimidated. I think I'll flee in its sight. No, no, no. He will need a plan too. And he better start formulating it now because the way that this thing's working, he's next man up here probably sooner rather than later. We were going to need more than memes. Folks, the strategy of, on one hand, elections are irrelevant, and my vote doesn't count, and they're all rigged, but the only option I have to fix the system is to vote Donald Trump president. Do you guys understand how those things are not congruent? Look at the pattern of how they acted. Trump goes on TV, admits a crime. The next morning, the judge has a trial date, very aggressively set calendar. The feds, 10 minutes later, get the Hunter, take Hunter Biden off the board with some fake-ass plea bargain deal to keep Saruman out of jail. And now we've got full steam ahead to Gondor with a January 6th indictment where Trump gets tried on insurrection and everything else they've tried a bunch of his, you know, uh, nonviolent, you know, uh, fans, fanboys of uh, for the last two and a half years. We're like, look at the latest Rasmussen poll. Guys, stop. They don't care. Now, now maybe you still think that you have to support Trump to the end and vote for him to the end, no matter what, provided you'll be allowed to vote for him, because they're assassinating him metaphorically right now now in real time and no one's even voting for like what is it uh june 20th no one is voting until like the first week of february as it stands now so that's what seven and a half months from now that that, that's provided they haven't finished what they're doing in the next seven and a half months and you get you'll get to okay fine but what's your plan with power before then or aside from that getting together with your with are you and your buddies who are pissed off that they're killing your guy trump you guys getting together plotting how you're gonna take over your local school board do you know the name of your state legislator you ever met him have you thought about running Barring divinely sent revival, there are only two paths forward. And they both involve the taking of power. One is the non-peaceful variety. And more Americans died in Antietam than any other singular day in American history. I can't imagine any of us want to repeat that. The other is the peaceable way. And that is going to require more than I stand with Trump Facebook posts. 
We are up against real evil. Look at what they did this morning. Yes, they have a plan. But you know why they have a plan? The plan that they have doesn't produce conviction. It's because they have conviction that they produced a plan. And they will follow it. Because any plan is only as good as its execution. And your willingness to see it through to the end. You have a great plan. But if people are like, yeah, I just, I can't do it. That plan is dead. This is real evil. The stuff, all the shows from Glenn Beck here on our network to Mark Levin and, and Rush Limbaugh. And I, I grew up listening to these shows too. The stuff that all these great men on the right who paved the way for people like us. The stuff that they spent years warning us would happen on the road we're on. It is happening now. This is what they'll do is now. Never again is now. If we don't stop them, they will is now. It's now. So I think we need to begin by at least asking questions. We are not going to solve the ditch we're in here in overnight or in one show or even a series of shows by just us. This is a conversation we collectively need to have as a people. I think it needs to start by the asking of some questions. Because I think we need answers before we decide what the true plan of attack is. So I want to pose some of those questions when we come back. So much of what is described as progressive today is really regressive, taking us back to a a pre-Judeo-Christian understanding uh, of the world. One place, though, where progressive actually means, hey, we've made some solid progress is with our friends over at Better Spectacles. Because I need progressive lenses. That means I'm a little far, a little near, not quite ready for full-fledged bifocals yet, Harry Carey. That may be you. Or maybe you are ready for the full-fetched uh, bifocals. Nevertheless, they have great service with not just your regular stigmatisms, but the progressive, the ones that require, the more problematic ones, that require progressive lenses or more via our friends at Better Spectacles. And they give you access as well. As a conservative American company, they offer Rodenstock eyewear, some of the best in the world. So you don't have to wear the dorky frames around your problematic prescription anymore. If you want to know what Rodenstock looks like, that's what I wear on the show every day because the glasses I have on. I got from Better Spectacles. All right. So if you want to try them out today, uh, they're offering an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear, plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames, great eyeglasses that can help make your life even better. Go now. BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. That's BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. You can do it all online at BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. Okay. So, where do we do? What do we do now? Where do we go from here? I, I think, I, I think we need to have a fir- the first step 
I think sometimes when you when you finally come to the realization this is not necessarily going to go the way I had thought or had hoped. We have a we have to uh, particularly now I'm talking to the guys have to avoid the overreaction. So let's just go devil may care the other way. Vote populi, storm the Bastille, and you know it sounds good at first. Then, like you know, in ten minutes, we're bringing out guillotines and doing a reign of terror. Don't do that. French revolutions fail every time. What are the French on like their sixth or twelfth constitution or something? They fail. They never work because eventually the evil that the people are uprising against either has outsmarted them or they end up succumbing to it. So, here's what I think we need to do. To quote the great prophet Dick Vitale, get a T.O., baby. I think we need to call a timeout. Let's get in the huddle. Recognize we're behind. The game's not over. The game is not over. Doesn't mean we can't win. It just means it may, winning may require different tactics. Winning might require substituting in different players. Because the guys we have, it's just not their day. Not making hoops. Matchup's not in their favor. And realize that we're here. To, when we look up on the scoreboard, it's the, it, we don't have a particular guy or player's name on the scoreboard. Like when, the, when you watch, when we watch the Bulls growing up, although it often felt like this, when we watch the Bulls growing up, did it, did it look up on the scoreboard and say Jordan 84, Knicks 81. Is that what it said? No. No, it, it said the Bulls, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. So understand that the name on the scoreboard is um, America. Not a particular person. And, 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 and take a timeout and assess where we are as a team. And often when you're watching a timeout, before a coach will address his players, you'll often see him go off to the side and do what, Todd? Talk with his assistant Talk coaches. with his assistant coaches. Because why? Why? What are you seeing? There, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. The, a coach isn't omnipresent. He can't see everything. So what are you seeing? Hey, you were down at the end of the bench. If I think about putting that guy in, does it sound like he's ready, ready for the moment? You know, is he into it? Does he know where you see what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're consulting with each other before they, ha- they formulate the plan. This is what I think we need to do right now. And, and I, I think, I, I think we need to have an honest conversation with our star player. Because Donald Trump is our Michael Jordan. No. All good things come to an end, Jean-Luc. Like Michael Jordan's still not out there dropping 50 on the Knicks, is he? No. No, because he's over 50. Okay? So time waits for no man. But absolutely, Donald Trump has been our Michael Jordan for the last few years. Without question. So I, I, I think we need, to, we need to talk to our star player... And I think we need to ask him some questions. Because where he's truly at and how prepared he truly is, is going to go a long way in determining what to do next. Let me give you some examples. It's obvious they want to put him in prison. And they're going to. And they likely will. This is not a talking point from Raheem Kassam for clicks. It's the truth. They're, they're, the events of this morning weren't just done 
to to get a to to get clicks for Rachel Maddow. It was to extract power for themselves and take it away from you. So there are real odds that Donald Trump, given his age, could spend the rest of his natural life in prison without a plan. And this would only embolden them to do worse persecutions later on. So maybe you think, maybe you think, and last night's interview, I can't be, I, I can't lie to you. Last night's interview may have indicated you might be right. Maybe you think Ron DeSantis is LeBron James. And the era of Jordan is coming to an end. Because Trump didn't always give us his best people. That was not the best Trump last night. He looked tired. He looked old. And you have to come up with something better than I didn't comply with a subpoena because I didn't have time. Look in the camera. Go full Colonel Jessup and say, you're damn right I ordered the code red. I'm not giving those SOBs jack squat. They hate America. They opened up the border. They're poisoning our kids. They're trafficking our girls. In fact, I don't care. Drop an F-bomb on national TV for, a, for dramatic effect if you must. Do that. Don't say, well, yeah, I just didn't have time. I'm kind of busy right now, Britt. Got to have a little bit more than that, okay? So I think 2017 Trump probably says what I just said. Pushing 80 Trump, who's probably battle-worn and been through this a million times. Just, he's human, man. But they're not going to slow down because they think that there's evidence he might. So, so maybe you think Ron DeSantis is the LeBron James here. It's time for the next era. Well, a lot of these questions would apply to him too. Maybe he won't be in prison, but they would like to put him there. And I, I can't think of a way to stop the persecution of Trump or any of the rest of us without winning the next election, short of a civil war. I don't, I don't know what else to do. I, I don't. The jury pool in, in Washington, D.C. has proven routinely the last few years it will just not be reasoned with on any level. And that's where we're going next. So furthermore, what, what is the plan to win the presidency, Mr. President, if you're under house arrest or you're in federal prison? What is that plan? Are you thinking of ways to sympathetically message this to independent voters who have soured on you and your candidates in the last few elections? Since Trump won in 2016 in the last three elections, Republicans are minus 22 in House members, minus three in senators, minus eight in governors. So clearly some repackaging needs to be done here. What happens, Mr. President, if you can't do your rallies? That's maybe your biggest political asset. Because you're under some form of house arrest or incarceration. So what's the alternative plan for rallying your people and getting your message out? The same social media companies that banned you after January 6th, I could see them all banning you, even Elon Musk Twitter. You're convicted of insurrection. Do you want an insurrectionist on your platform? See where I'm going with this? All these things are on the table. What's the plan? What is the plan? We need to know. We need to know if... We can still put the ball in Michael Jordan's hands and, and, and clear out. That's what, we're, that's what my questions are designed to do. 
Do we still have Chicago Bull Michael Jordan? Or do we have Washington Wizards Michael Jordan? Because last night was Washington Wizards Michael Jordan. Next, Mr. President, have you and your team, have they theorized what to do from a, a game theorized from a lawfare perspective? Um, the Democrats have for decades just done what they, un- what they know is unconstitutional and just dared us to find a court somewhere to overturn it. So let me just give you a practical example. Uh, what if blue state secretary of states or not even blue state swing state secretaries of state? There are Democrat secretaries of states in Michigan, Arizona, Nevada in Arizona. I'm sorry. And Wisconsin right now. Three of those states that you won in 2016, without those three states, you won the Electoral College by one vote, one. That's how much those important, that's how, that's how much or how important those states are to winning the next election. And all of those swing states I just mentioned have blue secretaries of state. What if they decide that they're going to deny you the ballot access to acquire the necessary delegates for the nomination or more likely... What if after you have secured the nomination, they will now say, you have, we are not putting a convicted insurrectionist on the ballot for president? We're not putting a convicted felon on the ballot for president. And you can't get on enough ballots to get to 270. Well, I'll sue. Okay. How long will that take? Do you know? Have you figured out how, what, 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 the, what the current federal district judge situation is and where you are more likely to be successful or not? Do you have a Supreme Court strategy of how to get this for immediate relief before the court? And what that argument will sound like, because time will be of the essence. Do you have these answers? Again, this is good. We, we need answers to these questions, folks. The future of the country is literally at stake here. Our futures are at stake. The Borg Queen over there is saying, come and watch your futures end. We need a plan. Sometimes the plan is give the ball to Michael Jordan and clear out, right? That, that, sometimes that's the plan. It's a good plan. It's a good plan when Michael Jordan is 32, not when he's 42. So what we need to find out is if Michael Jordan, we are still capable of just saying, just clear out for Mike. Be like Mike. Clear out. I'm, we're trying to find that out. And here's the thing. Here's the part that I think a lot of people don't want to contemplate, but I think that we do. Donald Trump is at the worst, the second best foreign policy president of my lifetime. The speech he gave in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, I think is the most important foreign policy speech any president has given since Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Donald Trump is the best pro-life president we have ever had. Nevertheless, we are talking about somebody who has been through multiple divorces has been through multiple bankruptcies where he's openly, on pre- during presidential debates, bragged that he used them to get out of p- paying his creditors. And when Fauci and Burks walked into his office and showed him the Imperial College survey and said, if you don't shut the entire economy you just built down, you're going to kill two million people, he gladly handed them the power of the presidency and let them do it. Fair? Yeah. Or is anything I just said not true? Those things are all true, correct? Yeah. So I think we, in light of that, I think we need to ask these questions. What assurances do we have, Mr. President, that you will not cut a deal for yourself at the last second to avoid prison, which may include you leaving the race, even at the last minute, which would throw Republicans into chaos with little time to muster critical mass behind an alternative, say your running mate. 
or somebody else. If you don't think they'll do that, I, I don't, you don't think that you don't think that they would offer you, you, you know what, we'll let make the whole thing go away on Halloween if you just drop out of the race. Otherwise, you're looking at 100 years in prison. You're going to die there. I think a guy who has shown at the time and in the past that he is willing to cut corners to save his own self-interests, I, I think we need to know if he's going to the mattresses here. It's one thing to say you're going to the mattresses in June of 2023. It's another thing to say you're going to the mattresses after not one, but two, perhaps, federal federal um, convictions of multi of multi felonies, and you're looking at spending the rest of your life in prison. At the very least, I think we should ask the president for a mutual resolution. The RNC will pledge to not pass a rule that says those under criminal indictment or criminal charges or even convicted of crimes cannot be a party nominee in exchange for you making a solemn pledge in writing that you will see this through to the end regardless of the, regardless of the risk of imprisonment. I think that's the least we could ask for. Knowing that he would keep... I mean, he once said I do to people and then divorced them. He could easily go, he signed his name on contracts and then stiffed creditors, those same people that were on the, on the, on the contract with him and filed for bankruptcy. But at least we'd have something, something, something. So Steve, what do we do next? I, I think we get, I think we need answers to these questions next. We need, we're in the timeout huddle right now. I've not gotten the whiteboard out and laid out what our next group of plays are going to be or what the substitution pattern is. Right now, we're in the we're all you know we're all in the coach meeting before that part of the timeout. Where 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 we are truly, I think we have to have answers to these questions. Because I will tell you, I'll be very blunt, because I don't know any other way to be. I think the odds are demonstrably higher that Donald Trump would cut a plea deal to stay out of prison, then he will be allowed to be elected president of the United States. Demonstrably higher. And we, and we, can, we, can, we can jump on our Facebook pages and say, if they do all this stuff, Steve, it just proves what we always said about him and why he's a threat. That's great, and you're right. And you know what they're going to do? While you're posting on Facebook... They're going to castrate your kids and take more power. That's what they're going to do. They don't care. We have to fight the war where the battle is. And it's not on memes, and it's not on talking points, and it's not on narratives, guys. It is on the acquisition and the wielding of power. That is the only place where the war, the battle is happening. It is not happening within our disappointments within our dejection, within the pointing out of their hypocrisies. That is not where the battle is. The battle is in the acquisition and the wielding of power. It is not pointing, the battle is not in the pointing out of unfairness. The battle is not in making points that, will, that, that the people you're making them to find pointless. The battle is in the acquisition and the wielding of power. Anything short of that and we are sentencing our children to perhaps having to acquire that power by non-peaceful means. And repeat some of the darkest, if not the darkest moments in this nation's history. 
We'll find out what Jesse Kelly thinks about a lot of what we discussed, and we'll discuss his new book when we come back. back here on the Steve Dace Show on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email us steve at stevedace.com D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me on Truth Social as well, at Real Steve Dace over there. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. If you don't, you know, I would never tell you to, to lie. But maybe you're like, we kind of like the show. I would ask you, though, to exaggerate. Like, I'd never ask you to lie for me, but I would totally ask you to exaggerate. So we want only one in five-star reviews. No, three, fours, those are for, uh, that's weak. All right, take a stand. All right. So it's either the best ever or the worst ever. Let us know. And thank you to all of you that have given given us either a five or a one star review. We appreciate each and every single one. Hit subscribe or if you're an iTunes listener, follow for us, please. Appreciate that. And this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. We are in dire need of the emergence of the parallel economy, and it is emerging, albeit slowly. Thankfully, one one place where it is fully realized is with one product we all need to use in modern America, and that happens to be our mobile phones go with america's last remaining american mobile phone company our friends over at patriot mobile and you can make the switch to any of the three major networks for free anytime you want just part of the outstanding customer service they give you when you are a member of patriot mobile if you are a veteran or first responder when you go to make the switch let them know and they will give you special thank yous as a way of thanking you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or call 878-PATRIOT. The name of the best-selling book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto, the author and fellow broadcaster Jesse Kelly joins us now. Welcome him to the show. Good to have you back, Jesse. How are you, brother? Steve, I'll exaggerate all the reviews for you, my brother. <laughs> all the reviews. I'll just, you know what? Forget exaggerate. You're a good per- person. I'm not. I'll just lie. I'll just lie on your behalf, whatever you need. I would never ask that, but notice I didn't say I was going to refuse it either. All right? so, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how good of a person I am. I'm just not willing to admit certain things. <laughs> for, first of all, I've got to give you mad props because I've not been able to avoid this trap when I have written a book. How in the world were you able to get a book published in the conservative media world without an elongated subtitle? How does that work? Because I've, I've not been able to figure that one out. And my, my subtitles just only get longer with every ensuing book. I, I, I think it's about laying down the marker early, Steve, because I feel the same way about you that you do about it, even though we all get stuck in the trap, or most people do. You have to write a book that says, you know, the Constitution is great, and then the subtitle has to take up the whole page, learning why the Constitution is great from Jesse Kelly and why they're bad. And I, I've always hated that so much. So I laid down the marker really, really early on, and I told them, one, I don't want a big, flashy, bright uh, cover. I think that looks horrible. I wanted mine very simple and clear, and there will be no subtitle whatsoever. I didn't, I didn't tell him small subtitles, Steve. I said none. There are no subtitles. The title is what it is. Just put it out there. And credit to Simon & Schuster. They went with it. They were awesome about it. I love them. The title, I'm not sure, needs a subtitle. 
I mean, it is pretty yeah. self-explanatory. And, and you and I are in the same generation. And we watched President Reagan say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. We watched uh, the Politburo driven from office. We watched the wall come down. Uh, we watched the Cold War uh, uh, claimed to be won. And I don't know that we would have ever imagined in a million years now we would be sitting here in our late 40s writing books called The Anti-Communist Manifesto with a hammer and sickle on the cover like it is 1984 all over again, except it is kind of 1984, just maybe not in the way that people anticipate, if you know what I'm saying there. So why we need this book? No, I... (sighs) I'm saddened that you're right about what you just said, Steve, because I watched it all. You watched it all. The people, obviously, your audience knows all these things. They watched all this. And and I'm saddened because of this. We didn't defeat anything back then. Yes, we defeated the Soviet Union. But as far as our own problems go, as the wall was coming down and we were sitting there patting ourselves on the back and good work and screw those commies and we beat the commies they were already sinking their teeth deeply into American society. They were already finishing their takeover about that time of academia and Hollywood and journalism. And while we were celebrating, they were celebrating too. The American communist was already celebrating because he thought he had already cinched in his victory. Because we didn't, yeah, we defeated the Soviet Union. We we didn't defeat communism at all. We just exported it. It now grows here. The Soviets brought it here originally, intentionally in the early 19th century. I talk about this in the book. And then now the Chinese run it. But now for the most part, Americans do it to Americans. We have professors and media people in Hollywood and they're they're not left leaning. They're not liberals. They're not progressive. They're not Democrats. They're full-blown communists trying to burn this country to ash. And part of the reason we've never caught up to them is we won't talk like that. We don't use language like that. Now, you're obviously, you're not guilty of this, but we we love to talk about them in in the nicest possible terms, as if they're just a, a misguided little child who just needs a little, a good talking to instead of the anti human demon that they absolutely are. I think. There are two big challenges that we face confronting what you write about in your book. One of them is an internal mechanism I'll address in a minute. But the other is um, the, the enemy's own strategic evolution. And, you know, when we, when we talk about things like bread lines and um, gulags, again, that, those are references to a, a, a communist empire that had, was driven from the earth in the Soviet Union. When a lot of people see communism today, I mean, if, if you're a Christian in China, you understand what it is. You're, you, you may have been converted, but you live underground. You have no cultural influence whatsoever. But the average middle class uh, member of, the, of Chinese society, they've got a mobile phone. They get to go to see MCU movies in the theaters. They, they, they can go out to eat any night. They, they, you know, they've got plenty of restaurants, plenty of bars. There's a great nightlife there in Beijing. That it, Post Tiananmen Square, it seems to me, Jesse, that, that the, the communist movement understood had to repackage itself that that there couldn't be any more Mao's or Ho Chi Minh's or Stalin's and and that really human behavior is pretty simple to master if you give it a certain level of accoutrement and manufactured freedom that allows it to indulge some of its carnal tastes it'll completely hand over all of the existential desires and purposes of the human heart to the state and let you demand and, and whatever you want of them provided those creature comforts are accounted for and so yeah the Chinese may say 
say certain websites you can't get on, but you know you can email your loved ones in China right now if you wanted to, provided it, nothing you wrote in there was against the communist state. You, you want to talk about you know what last night's you know you know game in the Stanley Cup Finals? They'll let you do that. And I think that's what's different from the the total tyranny. Uh, of what went on in the Soviet era of communism. It's, it's, it's one, version 1.0. Version 2.0 has understood that consumerism is the thing in which the people will let us declare ourselves to be king. Version 2.0 is much more dangerous, too, Steve. As you know, the, the Soviets obviously were, you know, can't say this, don't say that. We'll just come grab you in the middle of the night and pull your fingernails out and then kill every member of your family. But version 2.0... It's more dangerous because we hand it over. Mm -hmm. It's not that they don't have to take it. It's your neighbor gets handed in. That, that's a, you hand yourself in a, a weapon of the state. Yeah, but well, no, I really don't need my gun. I don't need my freedom, Steve. No, I don't. I don't need the freedom to decide whether or not I want to take a vaccine or not. No, actually, the best thing would be for you to require it of me and require it really of everybody. And as we've seen from polls, especially Democrat polls, I think maybe your neighbor should have his kids taken away if they're not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. the, the, these. These kinds of things are so much more evil now. And the communists had to change tactics. They knew they did. They actually wrote it down. They made writing the book easy because they wrote all this stuff down. They write to each other all the time about their plans, about what they have to do. And they said, OK, well, this this appealing to the workers thing, it's not working. It's definitely not working in America. There's no that's not going to work here. The workers are too happy. We just have to find different malcontents. The West had different malcontents. Our workers were very pleased, but we, of course, had feminists who were always mad about something and the climate change nutters who want to burn everything down and kill a billion people, actually about five billion people. We had malcontented black people who were being mistreated in the country. The gays are always upset about something, so we knew we could get the LGBTQ demon mob involved. Communism is just the religion of the malcontent. They went searching for new ones, they found them, and now they burn us down as we as we sit here and we, we talk about our liberal Aunt Peggy, as if she's just a little bit misguided, Steve. But really, go ask your liberal Aunt Peggy if she believes that anyone should be allowed to own an assault weapon. Put it just like that. Ask her, should anyone be allowed to own an assault weapon? And you will find out your liberal Aunt Peggy will tell you, well, no, of course they shouldn't. You know that your liberal Aunt Peggy is a genocidal maniac who believes the FBI should come arrest you and throw you in prison for that weapon you own, right? She's not liberal Aunt Peggy. She's a full-blown communist, equally as murderous as Mao. In fact, if you actually study the climate change movement at all, which again, I know you have, Steve, our communists are infinitely more murderous than the communists of old. Mao, Stalin, all these guys, they won't kill a fraction as many people as Bill Gates will kill, John Kerry will kill, Klaus Schwab will kill, not a fraction. The point, proof of the point you just made that some form of their plan has been realized is that via social media, they have created a new um, ethic in America. Mm. Uh, you know, there, there was a historian that wrote many, many years ago about how the quote unquote Protestant work ethic that helped establish America and its middle class and its working class. Um, the, the, the new ethic of a, the, the highest ethic to aspire to in America no longer is significance or merit or even compassion. Um, it's it's compliance. And, and we've watched this play itself out on social media, which is the Newtown Square over the last few years. There's a there's a series of events that take place. It, it begins with the posting of your of, of do you want to kill grandma? Stay home. It then goes all the same people then post themselves the post the mask, the love of the mask. Then all the same people then post their vaccine card. Then all the same people post their Ukraine flags. Now all the same people post their pronouns. Why? Because they are, they are making it, this is the Pledge of Allegiance 
right? This is they're just like we say the pledge of allegiance every morning in schools when you and I were a kid. They they are pledging allegiance to the total state. They are letting you know I am complying with whatever you know the new talking points that just dropped, the new mission that just dropped, the new uh, purpose that just dropped. I am in compliance with those things because in this ethic, compliance is the highest virtue, right or wrong. No, you're 100% right. And that's the thing. Membership of the current Communist Party, it always expires so quickly. It expires faster than a bag of Doritos do down here in in Houston when you open them up. Because it always needs an update. There's always, as you just pointed out so well, there always is a new loyalty pledge. It's Mm -hmm. not as if you can do one thing to the modern state. And then they'll say, okay, look, this guy, Steve, he's one of us. He's good to go. You see, Steve? He got his vaccine. He's good. No, 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 Steve. Sorry, Steve. That was last week. Mm-hmm. This week, there's something new. And there'll be something new next week. And don't think you can just sit back in the back and kind of, you know, just quietly agree. No, 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 no. Steve, we need you in the front of the class. We need you announcing your new loyalty pledge every week. Membership's about to expire, Steve. Get in here now. And that's exactly what we have. And what's crazy is we don't even know what the next thing will be, Steve. I can't see the future. Neither Mm -hmm. do you. But there will be another one and then another one and then another one and then another one until the people of this country stop being Republicans or libertarians or conservatives or whatever we call themselves, call ourselves and start being actual anti-communists. And the response to the next loyalty pledge is not saying quiet. It's not saying quiet. It's not even saying no. It's saying, no, your pledge is garbage and you're garbage and your cause is garbage. And I not only stand against it, I will actively work against it. That's anti-communist. What, what you and I just discussed and what you what you pointed out is that they essentially exported themselves into our um, our jet stream after we uh, um, excommunicated the Soviet Union. The level of conviction to get from Antonio Gramsci's prison letters, talking about a long march to the institution nearly 100 years ago, to completing a long march to the institutions about 100 years later, that just takes an immense amount of conviction. And this is my great frustration, and I think this ties into the events of today. Okay? And so, it is, it, it, clearly Donald Trump is guilty of a, of a political persecution, a selective prosecution, Um, And the people that are accusing him, even if he's guilty of everything that they claim, have no moral standing to accuse him of anything because they are lawlessness incarnate. Right. If you've got just just one practical matter, if you have turned our southern border into a place where Bobby Kennedy goes down there last week and finds all kinds of people from Middle East to Middle East and other hemispheres hanging around completely unvetted. You're not interested in the law. You're not. You're in your instruments of lawlessness. That being said, last night, Trump technically did go on Fox News and admit to a crime, admitted that he didn't comply with a subpoena, admitted this. The very next morning, first thing in the morning, the judge in the case sets a trial date for August 18th. Ten minutes later, the feds say, hey, we've got, uh, we've got the, the plea deal with Hunter Biden. You're right. We got him, and he pled guilty, so we're moving on. So now we're free and clear to go after Trump over January 6th with the true threat, in my view, which is the D.C. gulag they call a jury there in Washington, D.C., all right? Meaning that they've got all these, th- these things lined up, man, and they're coordinated because of the level of conviction. We respond with memes and polls from media that hates our guts, and just think that stuff will just organically respond because, like, 
independents like, you know, I, I didn't like Donald Trump before, but then I read Jesse Kelly's killer meme and I'm rethinking this entire whole political witch hunt thing. We are, we're, we're going to lose this country, not because they're smarter than us or better than us or moral than us or even have a better plan than us. They have more conviction than we do. And that, that frustrates me every day I'm on the air and, and, and give, tell me I'm wrong, please. And I'm overreacting. Well, no. The, the problem is, Steve, that the anti-human demons, the communists, the, they read James and we didn't. They read the book of James and we didn't. American, the American right, conservatives, whatever we want to call ourselves, libertarians, whatever we want to claim, we have never, ever bought into the faith without works is dead thing. We have always believed that good will prevail. And let's, mm -hmm. let's cite the founders and mm -hmm. the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the communist is out there actually making sure his religion becomes part of the culture. We will go to church on Sunday and we will pray. And we will ask for a righteous nation and Jesus save us and thank you, Lord. I love you so much. And then election day will come up. We just had an election here in the red state of Texas, actually in my community, Steve, and the election was on Saturday, Saturday. Nobody even had an excuse that they had to go to work. It was an election on Saturday, a critical city council election, critical. The, the two candidates could not have been more different. And the bad guy won and the good guy lost and less than 2,000 people got out of bed on a Saturday. Voting was all day and went down to the polls and voted. Less than 2,000 one of the five largest cities in the United States of America? No, this is in the burbs, but okay. less than 2,000 showed up and voted. There's a whole lot more. That single digits, small single digits of my community showed up and even bothered to vote. 50% of American Christians will actually show up and go to the polls. Did your church, did my church actually do a voter registration drive? We just had Easter a couple months ago. No, 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 no. Your pastor will get up and he'll talk about how he's turning the other cheek and we love everybody. Meanwhile, the communist is out there taking over every school board to teach your son to chop his penis off. They're out there making sure their laws get put into place. They're making sure their culture is American culture. And we prayed about it. You know, we prayed about it. That's awesome. And then we went home and we watched a game. And you catch the game last night? Because we're not anti-communists. We want to lay down. We want to talk about it. We want to pray about it, but we don't ever actually want to do it. And that's why our culture is reflective now of them and not of us, because they believe in works. We believe in praying about it. What's the end game here? Well, the communism is of the devil, Steve. This is this is a religion to them, and it is it is truly, truly evil. It's impossible to 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 put into words how how much misery and pain and suffering these people have already put on humanity, and how much they will still put on humanity. And this is where the right has failed so often, because maybe what I just said made people uncomfortable, and I don't give a crap about that. But the ultimate problem on the right is the right has always believed that we're fighting against bad. These guys are bad, they're bad, they're bad, they're just bad. Well, a bank robber may be bad, Steve, and he may wake up one day after a lifetime of robbing banks and say to himself, have a crisis of conscience and say, you know, I don't want to steal anymore. It's wrong. I I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to be a better father to my son. I'm, not, I'm done with this. I'm going, to, I'm going to move on. But you know who never does that, Steve? Demons. Demons never wake up in the morning and say, gosh, you know, Lucifer, I got to be honest. I'm done with this evil thing. Don't you think we've gone too far with the kids, right? It's too far. The kids, all this trans stuff, this isn't even the end. This is another step. Evil goes down and down and down without end until good finally takes a stand and stops it. Either we will become anti-communists and stop it, or they will own it all and they will burn it all. Name of the book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto. From my man, Jesse Kelly, pick it up today, looking at how it did uh, when it opened up here a couple weeks ago. A lot of you already have. So congratulations on the success of the book, Jesse. Always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll see you later today on your show as well. Thank you. 
I, I appreciate you, my brother. And I love your movie, by the way. Sick movie. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, man. Very kind. Appreciate it. All right, guys. You have listened a lot to me and now Jesse Kelly. So I wanted to make sure there was a good deal of time here in this segment for you guys to kind of give your thoughts here on the conversation we've had on this show. I, I think this is one of the most important shows we have done so far this year. What do you think? Well, he's absolutely a man who understands what time it is. Uh, uh, he's preaching my language, Book of James. Yeah, we are, we become, as a church, uh, a Hallmark card. Right? Uh, and it's uh, it doesn't really... If sooner or later you keep reading the Hallmark card, uh, you give the same one over and over to uh, your wife on an anniversary, and it just does not even resemble reality... That's what Jesse's talking about, about faith and works. Our works as a church and as a uh, so-called conservative people and party and apparatus or whatever the hell it is, does not reflect what we claim to believe in. Not even close. And that is why, and uh, you all have to admit, yesterday, I, uh, the... As a DeSantis supporter, I took the Trump uh, supporters back uh, yesterday, certainly at, at the very least in a devil's advocate approach, wanting to say the, why you guys feel the way you do. But you also have the same problem Jesse's talking about with your works, because you can't, and Steve was absolutely right about if you're really going to do this, you, you throw some F-doms, you make sure you get beeped, you say you once more into the breach, you absolutely do that. You're not demanding that. You're actually making excuses for him today. I saw you. Why is Brett Bear being so mean with him? Why is he dominating? He chose that venue. He chose Brett Bear. That's nothing compared to what no, the Merrick Garland coming. DOJ is going to do. So what are we really about? What do we say we believe and where are we willing to go in terms of our works? And the truth about it is that most of us are frauds right now and that's why these demons are going to win and man jesse is absolutely you think what's going on in the trans movement now is the end no it's just the beginning of the end they have many horrors in store with it they just hate the fact that we exist yes they that just right th do that right there They'll go from changing the kids to euthanizing them. Yeah. Hey, you're depressed. You can't handle yes. it. You're overwhelmed. Have you just thought about just go ahead and the counselors will start telling you, just putting yourself out of your own misery. Yes. Because they hate the fact we exist. That's the money line of the whole show right there. Aaron. Going back to the segment of the conversation, talking about the new loyalty pledge that the communist has to engage in every single week, seemingly. It's because communism foundationally is the spirit of Antichrist. Whatever is good, true, and beautiful, the communist seeks to turn that on its head and in its path leave destruction. And as vast as creation is and the created order is, that's as vast as what the communist will then try to destroy and taint and tarnish. I think just yesterday, the example that we had, we went through three years. And now, the White House, did you see the story, guys? The White House is, in the year 2023, in the month of June, is requiring collegiate athletes that come to events at the White House who are unjabbed to wear a mask in June of 2023. I, I did not know that. For two years, we were told by these same types of peoples, hey, people, in 2021, especially by the Biden White House, that you were great unwashed, you were dirty, you were unclean, you were filthy. 
It was the pandemic of the of the unvaccinated. And you shouldn't be allowed to say goodbye to your loved ones or do this or be treated as a num- uh, as a regular citizen. But then we have the White House's re- resident leather daddy going out there over the weekend and saying, yeah, uh, gay bareback sex during monkeypox is good and true and beautiful. If it seems like everything the communist does is 180 degrees opposed to the laws of nature and nature's God, it's because it is. And that's why they have to take new loyalty pledges every single week. Because they keep finding new, good, true, and beautiful things. I just saw a video. Yosemite National Park looked like hundreds, dozens maybe, maybe a hundred or so, of their employees at Yosemite National Park getting their, getting, getting their deviancy on. Traipsing through some of God's most beautiful creation, waving the communist rainbow progress flag, whatever that's called now. That's on purpose. It's on purpose. And you pastor, you congregant, but especially you pastor, up against this foundationally antichristical movement, religion, Hmm. that we are up against, you can't be bothered to turn the screws on your congregation to do something about it. Dude, you're doing more damage than they are. Well, I mean, you guys, <clears throat> pardon me, you guys both blew that out of the water. And I mean, I, when I, when I, when I was hearing you talking about what was going on at Yosemite, Aaron, I was thinking of what Todd has pointed out before, that the lie is the point. Let's, 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 let's extrapolate that further. The desecration is the point. Mm-hmm. The offense is the point. The insanity is the point. The lunacy is the point. Because of what Aaron you just described. This is spirit of antichrist kind of stuff. The undoing of reality. The hating as Todd said of the fact that we exist at all. So then what is the right response? <clears throat> Pardon me, a friend of mine who worked on Capitol Hill for many years told me a story once about how Maybe I've shared this before. If you're a longtime listener of the show, maybe you've heard it before. But I think it's I think it's germane to where we are now. Um, a group of uh, conservative congressional staffers got together and brought in a Navy SEAL to teach them self defense. And the the first day of the self defense class, the Navy SEAL asked them all to grab their weapon and hold and 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 ask them. Um. How many of you are truly willing to fire this at somebody who threatens you or your family? And if everybody, whoever's hand did not immediately go up, they were refunded their money and asked to leave the class. And this was the reason why. He said, if I train you to use this weapon and the perp breaks into your home, the evildoer comes upon you and your family, but, and, and you possess it, but, but you are not willing to use it. You're not willing to use it. Then he will take the weapon from you and use it against you and your family instead. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I, I think about that. And does that apply to our, our freedom, our religious freedom? The Lord has given us a weapon. 
But if we are not willing to use it for a righteous reason and to a righteous end, well, then the spirit of the age will just start its own religion. And it now has the freedom to preach Satanism. It now has the freedom to castrate our children. It now has the freedom to take away our children, to kill our children, to lie to our children, to soul murder our children with indoctrination. See where I'm going with this? Since, since we were given weapons of liberty, we weren't willing to use them. And so therefore, those weapons are now being turned against us. So I, w- I want to close this portion of the show with, with a reminder. <clears throat> the only way out of this is power. Even revival is power. An exercise of divine power. The only way out of this is the acquisition and wielding of power. We have a chance right now with a closing window to still acquire this power peacefully and wield it. And my fear is that we will miss this window and our children in the not too distant future will have no other alternative but to find other means to acquire and wield power that are far more destructive. A lot of our answers for the last couple of years are, that's why we have to vote for Trump. They're about to make it impossible for you to vote for Trump. So then what's our backup answer? What's the backup plan? Maybe you'll still vote for Trump to prove a point. I have no problem with that. Won't argue against it. Provided you are exercising and acquiring power in other venues. You're doing something other than staying home and waiting to vote for Trump to protest. Well, those people aren't doing it in Jesse Kelly's backyard, clearly, because they didn't show up. Yes. Don't mess with Texas. History is won by those who show up. This is from Sean Davis, who's an attorney over at the Federalist, who's been analyzing the uh, Saruman, I'm sorry, uh, Hunter Biden plea deal. Remember, he pled guilty to a gun charge today, right? Yeah, among yeah. other things. Yeah. yeah. Quote from Sean Davis, the, the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden doesn't prevent him from walking to a store right now and buying a gun. Even though he previously lied to purchase one. The plea deal allows him to claim he's never been a, quote, prohibited individual, end quote, under federal gun laws. Guys, what killer meme do you think will get the feds to, to not do this? I hope we're hatching that right now. Because the left can't meme. They can't meme. But they can wield the poop out of power, man. That they can do. I admit, their memes are lame. But they wield the poop out of power. Todd, that's your assignment today. To come up with the meme that we can all share that will then make the feds realize that this was a this this was an unrighteous act that they have agreed to with Hunter Biden. I don't know, man. I just I read from a reliable source on Twitter named Doc Holliday, except Doc is spelled with a Q, that the uh, that Trump and the military are actually about to pull the biggest FU 
in United States history and take over the country. For the fifth time? Yeah. Isn't this like the fifth time that this was, a, this, I have been promised this? Yeah. Fifth time's this charm, this, right? This seems like a great opportunity to tell you about our friends over at Freedom Project Academy because they want to bring critical thinking back to America because clearly it's been lost, regardless of your political bent. At Freedom Project Academy, they'll teach your kid uh, how to think, not what to think, with a classic curriculum, classical curriculum based on Judeo-Christian values, mastery of subject matter that actually matters, not subjecting your kids so they can learn how to become mastered. I've seen firsthand what they do. I've known the people that helped start this. We fought against Common Core together back in the day. My own son, Noah, he was enrolled for a couple of years within FPA as well. So I know they do good work. That's why I would recommend that you check them out. You can save 10% on tuition if you enroll today. Or maybe you want to get more information before you make that decision. You can get a free info kit as well. When you go to Freedom for School, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com, freedom, F-O-R, school.com, freedomforschool.com is where you want to go. Or you can go ahead and, and try to win America's spiritual war via memes, as we are currently not. I'm not saying we don't have options. I'm just saying they are becoming rather limited. Let's bring in our, my oldest daughter, Anastasia, who you have, I mean, you are doing your own individual thing to make this life month and not pride month. Like you're, you're trying to light a candle in the darkness, basically, right? Yes. And I think that this is, this is actually the perfect culmination of the conversation we just had. Why, why is the unseen demonic realm doing in our culture what it is currently doing. What is it trying to perpetuate and what is it trying to stop? And I think that you maybe have brought us a story today that might help us to answer that question. Yes. My story comes from Hannah that I'll be, uh, Sarah actually, that I'll be reading today. Um, So yeah, so I'll just dive right into it and read it if that's all right with you, Dad. You bet. I would like to invite you to enter my world for a few minutes. As I sit here in the living room listening to a playlist on YouTube and the sounds of my son doing his history lessons in the kitchen, I feel the Holy Spirit tugging at my heart to speak on a topic that is sensitive to many of us, abortion. The word that is able to spark fires, destroy relationships, break hearts, and flood people with emotions, all all with such ease. I'm not much to post about politics on social media because I don't like being flooded with with posts of that nature when I open Facebook, and I'm not changing that. I want my page to be a bright spot on the internet for myself and others like me. However, Jesus commands us to be salt and light to a sick and dying world and to speak the truth in love. We are called to do this so that as we as children of the king will not be led astray by the teachings of this world and that the lost and dying might find their way to the saving blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have this deep conviction to speak on the topic of abortion today and I believe to ignore this urging would be direct defiance of my Lord. I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit. When I found out I was pregnant the first time at 17, obviously I was devastated and scared. I married the father simply because I didn't know what else to do, and I thought it would fix everything, but it didn't. Shortly after learning about the pregnancy, I was hospitalized over morning sickness. I had lost about 20 pounds in a very short period of time. I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, and I was sick all day and all night. I had lost enough weight that I looked like a skeleton. My cheeks were hollow, and you could see my pelvis bones. I had to take medication just to stay alive and be able to drink anything. I was eventually hospitalized twice over extreme morning sickness. A couple months before the baby was born, my husband decided we were moving to Utah to be near his family. 
I gave birth to my oldest son a month before my 18th birthday and my second baby a month before my 20th birthday. When I discovered I was pregnant with my youngest son, I was devastated once again, to say the least. I was in an abusive marriage and had no money to my name. I was in the middle of a long, drawn-out court battle involving my oldest that eventually ended in his grandparents adopting him and moving him to California. I was on birth control and had no desire to be pregnant anytime soon. Right after the adoption, I was facing eviction from the room I rented. I had lost my job, so I couldn't pay the rent, and my husband had just been put in prison. I was violently ill with morning sickness and then pneumonia. All this happened before I was even in my second trimester. I had plenty of reasons to choose abortion, including rape. However, God heard my cries. He saw my pain and brokenness. I was at a crossroad in my life again and had a choice to make. Was I going to do what was convenient, although not easy, or was I going to throw myself on the mercy of Jesus, confess my sins, <clears throat> excuse me, and ask him to make a way for my unborn child and myself? I chose the latter. Laying in bed one night, recovering from pneumonia, I looked out the window and saw the moon shining brightly on us and turned control of my life back over to God. I am ever thankful for the Holy Spirit wooing me and for the never-ending love of God. Life as a single mom can be challenging and extremely rewarding at the same time. I love my sons so much and I couldn't imagine my life without them. Giving birth to my children is the most rewarding thing I have ever done. The Lord gave me Robert when I needed him most. He is my why, my reason to keep going when I feel like giving up. He is the reason I work from home. He is why I am a homeschool mom. He is why I rediscovered my passion for Jesus and the Holy Word of God. When I say the only reason I am alive writing this now is that of an unplanned pregnancy, I do not say it lightly. It is the truth. That's who we're fighting for right there. We're not fighting for Donald Trump. We're not fighting for Ron DeSantis. We're not fighting for whoever was last cycle's heroes and next cycle's heroes and the heroes after that. Ultimately, we're fighting for stories like this. And the hope is that electing some of the names I just mentioned will make it easier and less prohibitive and more incentivized for stories like this to be realized. But they are not the hero of the story. They're support players. Maybe even with, with very important supporting roles, but supportive and supporting roles that they are nevertheless. And what we're up against hates stories like this. Hates them. I saw a couple of years ago, who's the outstanding linebacker uh, for the, the Cowboys that was at Penn State, Micah Parsons, I think is who it was, Yes. told yep. the story about his mom deciding against abortion. She was going to abort him and deciding against it. And a very prominent uh, national female sports writer over at The Athletic, Nicole Auerbach, I believe is who it was, just lost her mind. Just was just lost her mind. Could not believe that this story got printed because 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 of where it was printed. It was printed at Penn Live, not at the Blaze, not at LifeSite News. It was printed in well her media. How dare you allow that kind of redemptive story in there? We don't want to hear that. Over the years, it's been a few years since I have in interviewed somebody with this testimony. But over the years, I've interviewed upteen people that left homosexuality behind once they came to know Jesus. I think the last guy we talked to was Beckett Cook. Yeah. If I remember right, from a couple of years ago, who was a prominent Hollywood makeup artist 
I mean, now he's got his own like ministry. He's got like over 15, like 10,000 Twitter followers, his own podcast. He does apologetics. When you said earlier, the spirit of the age hates that we exist. Why? Because it hates us because he loves us. And it truly, really hates him. That's why. It hates you because God loves you. And whom it really hates is him. You're just a means to an end. Because despite whatever mistakes you have made, you are making right now, you are contemplating making, you will make in the future, within you, you bear a mark. of the image and likeness of, of, of whom that created you. And despite all those frailties and, and, and weaknesses that you have, and we all have, within us, because we have that mark, is still, in spite of all the things about us we are ashamed of, or maybe not ashamed of, but we should be, in spite of all of that, still the potential for stories like what Anastasia just shared. And that, that light cannot be allowed. You, can, it, you are not permitted to be inspired. You must remain black-pilled. You must embrace the nihilism. It must be the air in which we breathe. There are no alternatives. We couldn't possibly righteously do anything. We could only just sit here and feel helpless and let them do to us and all of our heroes whatever they want until there's no other alternative. You know why there was no other alternative other than a civil war over slavery? Because two generations prior to that were unwilling to do the right thing to stop it peacefully and politically. And so they passed that sin on to the next generation and the next one until finally that sin had no other generations to pass itself to. It could only be dealt with and eradicated in one way. It didn't have to end that way. We didn't have to go to Bull Run, let alone Antietam. We didn't have to. Generations chose to. It'll just go away. Well, we're not doing that here. No, it won't. You built an underground railroad. The slave traders came north to recapture the slaves and bring them back south. It was never going to just go away. We'll just give each state the right to choose. That didn't work either. Any of this sound familiar? A little bit? Nothing new under the sun. Just new people under the sun who have yet to hear it. There will be a reckoning with the evil in our land. We will either reckon it now, while we have the means to peacefully and politically, with something more other than every time these questions are brought up, tweeting out Trump 2024 or posting a killer meme. We will either do that or the saddest chapters of history books. Those are the choices. There is no other choice. There is no other way. Those are the only options. Those are the only two. 
If you are not sure which option to choose, look at your children, not your favorite cable news network, not your favorite blogger. He'll turn this show off. Go look at your kids. What do you think their answer might be? Anastasia, thank you. That was powerful. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Perfectly timed, too. We needed to hear it. Thank you. We'll get some final words from Todd and Aaron after I tell you about Relief Factor. You know, everyone deals with pain from time to time, clinical or chronic. If you're dealing with chronic pain, that's from too much inflammation in the body, and that's why Relief Factor was created by physicians who prescribe drugs, but they created this drug-free formula because they noticed that a lot of what they saw in their practice was chronic pain from too much inflammation. So they wanted to create an all-natural anti-inflammatory, and they did, and it's called Relief Factor. Well, how will I know if it works, Steve? Well, they're going to just charge you 20 bucks for three weeks to find out. That's it. See if you don't see a difference in the pain level in your body in three weeks or less. If you don't, move on. All you lost was 20 bucks. But if you do, stick around. And about 70% of the people who take them up on it do because of the results that they see. Just go to relieffactor.com. Try the trial pack. What do you got to lose? 20 bucks for three weeks. Relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call them at 800-4. That's the number four. 800-4-RELIEF. All right, gentlemen, got about three minutes here. Final words. Uh, You know, with the uh, Holocaust, the seeming desire to expose people to the worst sort of cruelties that were a part of Nazism, and yet hope seemed to endure. We were told within our memory within our this is this is history that is still alive with with some people it is not totally yet gone but hope managed to that is god telling you the darkness shall not overcome it unless unless you you actively yes decide to let it happen correct right now we are by your passivity you can actively allow that we are actively deciding not to work this woman for many years, decided not to put in the works that are required of a faithful heart. Then her life changed when she would. Jesse said the same thing. The communists will continue to work in the end. The light can not be snuffed out by them. Ultimately, we are the ones who snuff out the light, and we are currently choosing to do so. I pray there's still time, and I think there is, to have a better choice. Aaron, I appreciate it. You know what? Uh, I think it was Mark Meckler uh, quote tweeted you today, Steve, um, from Convention of States saying, you know, we can never allow ourselves to say it's out of time. We have a worldview, actually, that doesn't allow us to say it's out of time. I don't know about you, but I would prefer on my watch and hopefully on my children's and your children's watch that we don't have to have the reckoning with evil that you were just talking about in the way that history books have shown that it happens when grievances, when sins are left unchecked and the buck is passed generationally. History has shown how that, how that's, how that ends up. And it can end up in a few ways. None of them are good. None of them are good. I would prefer that not to happen. And my preference is actually a righteous one. I would prefer that evil 
I would prefer that suffering. I would prefer that all manner of what we're up against and the wages of what we have just gone, let go by the wayside, I would prefer that that not come to fruition. And there's one way to make that so. It's by faith with works. Pray like the results are up to God. Work like the results are up to you. Amen. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.